Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in the studio here at Crossway Church. We're excited to be with you today for our Friday morning Bible study in 1 Timothy. Today is the 24th day of April 2020 and I hope that you would get your Bibles if at all possible. Follow along with us. I know some people just have put their earbuds in their ears at work or out driving their tractor or whatever they might be doing. But if at all possible, I'd love for you to be able to look at what we're dealing with here today in 1 Timothy chapter 4 as Paul the great apostle writes to Timothy, the folks at Ephesus, and to us today so that we can know how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God, which the Bible says is the pillar of His truth. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, we just, uh, do, during this season that I hope and pray we're about to come out of this noisome pestilence, this COVID-19 coronavirus issue that has invaded the world and, and all of the uh, talkings and all the, wor all the things that are being said, all the loud voices, I, I just pray that this thing's about to come to an end and we can get back in uh, church in, in a, the corporate congregational worship. Robin and I have, we've done five Sundays with just her and I and uh, we're just looking so forward to having everybody back in church. Hopefully that's going to be May the 3rd. We're calling it that right now. This coming Sunday we will have just the praise and worship team back at Crossway Church uh, no one else, and then May the 3rd, the doors are open for whoever feels like uh, it's safe enough for them to come. They're not sick, they're not feeling bad, and so we're just going to get back uh, together again. Praise God, we've missed everyone, and we're excited about what God's going to say and do in the days ahead. And uh, don't forget to pray for our church uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas, that pastors Colton and Casey Hill uh, are pastoring now. I say our church. It's not really our church. It's the church God's given them to pastor. We just were simply used to plant the church and to get the church up and running. And now uh, pretty much uh, it belongs to them. We're just blessed enough to be able to this September to, to, to sow about $1,000, maybe a little more a month, somewhere in that area toward that work, paying the rent and uh, a commercial that air, airs there daily on a certain radio station. And we're also sowing into the Philippines. And uh, we're sending six expositor study Bibles a week into the prison system. So you are going to hear the truth of God's Word, the gospel through this ministry. And if you sow into this ministry, you are going to be a part of all of everything we do here. And we're just thankful for your faithfulness to give. Many more people are now giving to Crossway Church. They are seeing that the message of the cross is more than that which gets us saved. It's that which the Word of God uh, begins to shine into our hearts through. And then we begin to find true ministry and not uh, all the other things that are going on. So we're thankful today to be learning what we're learning, hearing what we're hearing, even in the midst of the loud voices we still have access to and have ears to hear, that still small voice that guides us through everything that we're doing. Mondays and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, I'm teaching the book of Romans. Uh, we're in chapter 10 right now. You can get it live uh, every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 on my Pastor Curtis page and the YouTube 
channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and then it's always uploaded uh, to those places and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And on Tuesdays and Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, live on those same places, uh, we're going through Psalms 119, which is very meaty, very encouraging, and I just encourage you all to tune in whenever you can and be encouraged by the Word of God. <clears throat> For we need that, <coughs> excuse me, more than anything else today. So today, in part three of uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, we're going to begin today, I would say, in verse 3. We'll read verse 3 and then we'll back up and we'll pull our way into it because, you know, you can't just wake up every day and read another verse or another chapter without knowing from where you've come that got you there. And uh, so if you do that, I mean, just imagine you, you put a check mark by verse 3 because uh, the last verse you read last week uh, or two, three days ago was verse 2. Well, when you get into verse 3 that says, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth, if you don't understand who it is that's forbidding to marry, shouting out these commands <clears throat> to God's people, then you're really going to be confused about what you're reading. Everything is always building up to something and leading to somewhere further in the truth because the Holy Spirit was sent to impart to us, guide us in more truth, all truth, so that we can experience all the will of God for our lives. So uh, if you back up and you read verse 1, you'll see the, uh, the, the Scripture says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, that's talking about us in the latter times, that's talking about the church age, it's talking about the Holy Spirit speaks distinctly, expressly, plainly, without confusion and chaos. This is what he's saying in, uh, in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith. Many of them won't depart from the church. But the church ain't going to get you into heaven. The faith is what you have to be in to experience the Christ. Uh, Paul would say, examine yourselves to make sure you're in the faith. You, if you're born again, you've been given the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. If you're born again, you're in Christ, but that doesn't mean necessarily that we're walking in Christ. <clears throat> you know what that means. If you're an honest Christian, you know there's been many times that you weren't walking in Him. Uh, and, and when I say walking in Him, I'm not talking about back in church now and, and reading the Bible occasionally. The Bible teaches that for the Christian to be able to walk in Christ, he must have his faith in what it was in when he was placed into Christ. That means the work of righteousness carried out in the death of Jesus Christ himself at Calvary. That alone allows us to be led of the Spirit, led into all truth, follow the leading of the Spirit. That allows us to, in experience, to be in Christ, to be in the faith. The devil can only be resisted in the faith. You and I can only grow in the faith. And if we're not in the faith, that means we're in the flesh. Doesn't mean we're lost again, and because there is no in and out, in and out of salvation. There's in and out, in and out of the flesh and the spirit and who we're allowing to guide us. And if we would learn and humble ourselves and, and fight 
not against everything, but within our own selves to keep our faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, we could be led of the Spirit, we could walk in Christ, and we would never have to be found departing from the faith. You can be in the Word of God every day and have departed from the faith. The faith is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that loved you and gave himself for you. That measure of faith we've been given, I've been saying it a lot lately, is the measure, the portion of that faith, not some other faith. That faith. If it's not that faith through which Jesus loved himself and gave, uh, loved us and gave himself for us, it's not biblical faith. If it's, if, listen, the Spirit says plainly and distinctly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. That's not talking about uh, the generation now will depart from what their forefathers had. No, that's talking about you who have the faith, in the faith, depart from the faith. You've got to watch these people that, that, that teach that uh, you, well, this is not talking about Christians. Yes, it is. <clears throat> you can't depart from something you've never had. You can't, you can't depart from something you've never experienced. And, and we'll see that even more in the Scripture. Some shall depart from the faith. It tells, and we covered it the last couple of sessions, how they depart. They begin to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Make no mistake about it, whether it's in ignorance or rebellion or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter that I don't know that I don't know if I'm not opening God's Word and, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me into truth, which is me, the Holy Spirit in and through me, pointing you to Jesus and what He did at Calvary. There's more than just ignorance and flesh involved there. There's doctrines of devils. There's seducing spirits that will always use God's Word. Again, to, be, to, to depart from the faith doesn't mean you've departed from the Word. The devil uses the Word to, to, to accomplish his will of great deception, lies, turmoil, chaos, confusion, disarray, and all the things he does to steal, kill, and to destroy. He uses God's Word. But, it, but, it, but he perverts God's Word, which means it's not God's Word as the word of faith that Paul and we preach, but it's the word that brings some other type of faith. And you need to think about that. The faith that we have, the measure of faith we have works by love. The love Christ had for us to give himself for us. Have you ever heard anybody say that love is just not enough? Have you ever heard anybody tell some young man, young woman, we're going to get married and, and, somebody, and, and somebody says, why are you getting married? Because we love each other. And, and, and somebody tells that love is not enough. That's on, that's all, that can only come from the lips of someone who only has a head knowledge of what love is. If people have the love of God operating in their hearts and they're living by faith, and that faith is biblical faith, which is in Christ and what he did at Calvary, it works by love, Galatians 5 and 6. And love is always more than enough. I mean, head knowledge of love will tell you love won't be enough. And head, the head knowledge of love won't be enough. But the heart experience of love will always be more than enough. You have to watch who you're listening to and what you're hearing. So it tells why and how they departed from the faith they, they gave heed to. They, they begin to listen to seducing spirits and doctrines that means teachings of devils.
Here's, here's, here's what happens when that happens. We covered it. Go back and listen to last week. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And it goes on where we are today. Forbidding to marry. When, when the religious folks, and you think about it. Look at the uh, Catholic whole religious cultic system that's not of God in any way, form, or any type of fashion according to the Bible. That those priests that don't get married, they forbid themselves to marry. Well, you know, how, many, how many times have you seen uh, things in the Word of God that if had been heeded to the Word of God, uh, some of these cults, satanic uh, uh, religions would have never even got birth. Look at the Mormons. If Joseph Smith would have been a Bible believer, knowing that he can't add to the Word, he can't take away from the Word, he would have known that the, that angel Moroni that he claimed appeared to him was, was, was a devil. It, it was not God. He would have known. If he would have knew and believed what the Apostle Paul uh, gave us, that even if an angel from heaven come and appear that preaches any other gospel than what I preach, let him be accursed if he would have believed the Bible. So the devil uses scriptures. He uses things in the Bible, and so do most all uh, people who are trying to live in some spiritual manner. They all do, really. But they, they begin to dish out commands you know, you, 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 you can't be married. And, and listen, it's not just old cults like the Catholic uh, 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 group of people. I don't even like using the word church with them uh, because we're the church. Christians are the church and they're not Christians because their faith is not in Christ alone in what he did at Calvary. And so they, they forbid to marry. They command not to marry. But listen, that stuff is even in, been allowed to come into Christian circles because I've had people uh, tell other people that you can't be a pastor because, and they point to something in their past life. Uh, you know, you were married. You can't get married again and, and be a pastor. All these weirded out things that that's, that's the blood of Jesus has washed away. But they start, they start commanding you and forbidding you. Well, you can't be married and be used of God. And, and, and you got to abstain from meats now. You, you can't be eating meats. You got, you got to go back to all veggies. Now, you know that's how it was before uh, we fell into sin. So we got to go back and live as though we were living it. No, we're not going back to the days of Adam. We got a whole lot more, uh, better than Adam's got. And watch, now, if you'll stick with the Word of God, you won't be carried off into the doctrines of devils being seduced by other spirits. See, the problem with the church is they, they think they're exempt from doctrines of devils, they think they're exempt from seducing spirits when in all reality 99.9999999% of the church is being seduced right now even when they get together to worship God. Somebody showed me a video the other day of a man, I need a word from God, I need a word. And he, oh God's about to do, oh God's getting ready to, and all this. And all this, and the way he was carrying himself, the way he was speaking is what was moving the congregation. That's seducing spirits. 
That's doctrines of devils at work there because if that man would have stood right there still and in a calm voice said all that he said, same words he said, the people would not have been moved. See, and oh, we in trouble as a church, folk. We're in trouble as a church. But we've been seduced by the devil too long. It's time to come back to Calvary where he got seduced and was stripped of his power of death, where he was revealed as who he really is in its fullness, a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And he was stripped and destroyed at Calvary. He still exists. He roars as a lion. That's where all the other voices other than that still small voice comes from. So let us, let us beware. Let us hear what the Spirit of God is expressly speaking to us today who have ears to hear. They forbid that we marry. They command us to abstain from meats and because we don't need to be carried away into that. It's because it's not about what we do, it's about what Jesus did. That's going to ultimately be the decision you make every day when it comes to pleasing God because He's only pleased in the righteous work Jesus did at Calvary. Not anything you go out and do to try to please God. And you say, well, I don't understand that. Don't we have to live in a way that pleases God? Yes, but that can't happen with us unless it's... Through Jesus Christ, that means what he did at Calvary, our faith in that, by the power of the Holy Spirit. If it's not that process, it's just us, and we'll be found in the midst of this. We'll be found running around like silly little kids. Uh, everybody in the church is fasting, and we get all getting together and telling everybody, well, I, you know, I ain't eating Baby Ruth bars this week for two weeks. I hadn't had a Snicker bar. And, oh, I've done this, and I hadn't done that. Bible says keep all that to yourself. That, listen, that proves it ain't fasting. That proves it's just you exalting yourself. Look at what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm not a mean guy. I'm just telling you we've been seduced by the devil too long. We need to get back to the Word. Watch this. The Bible says that God has created all these things. Marriage, God's created all the meats to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Those who are not getting married for the sake of pleasing God. Those who are, 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 are not, uh, it's nothing wrong. If you don't want to get married, don't get married. God ain't got a problem with that. But unless you think you're, being, you're getting righteousness for, from that. If you don't want to eat meats, well, praise God, don't eat meats. God ain't got a problem if you do or you don't. God's got a massive problem, though, if you're trying to represent Him by not eating meats or not getting married. Come on, somebody, because you ain't getting righteousness for nothing you do. Nothing. He, because God says He created marriage. He created uh, all meats uh, to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. If you, if you know the truth and believe it, which is Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, you've been redeemed by the blood. You've been liberated from all the commands, rules, touch, touch not, go, don't go, uh, this day, that day, this moon, that moon. You've been delivered from all of that. And when people try to bring you back under any of that, Colossians chapter 2 says, let no man beguile you. You listen, let no man deceive you, let no man beguile you, let no man 
take your crown. I mean, you've got to, you got to stick with God. God. God's Word is what God has said. I don't need what you say or any other man says. I'm not going to be entangled in all the loud voices that are out there today. We still got people in our congregation that are all mixed up and entangled in all every little controversy that comes along, man, they get on it. They need to get in the place where all they know is Christ and Him crucified. I'm not worried about saying these things. When I say them, well, probably most of our people don't even watch these broadcasts, but some of them do. But but you need to hear me. Uh, God is determined to know a people who are determined to know nothing but His Son and what He did at Calvary. I hope you get that today. God created everything to be received with thanksgiving. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for that slab of bologna. Thank you for that pork chop. Thank you. Come on now. I'm not being silly this morning. We give thanks for our families. God gave them to us. Uh, That is us who know and believe the truth. I'm reading the truth to you right here. That we're not to, we're not to be uh, speaking lies in hypocrisy. That's what God calls this, abstaining from meats for righteousness, not getting married for righteousness. So you can become a saint. If you're, see, that's, that's that cultic Catholicism, demonic mess. Once you believed in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you became a saint. It, they teach you're trying to work your way to sainthood. There it is, self-righteousness. That, that we don't listen to them, we don't look at them. The whole religion of that mess is seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. I don't care even if they did start out right. It ain't how you start, it's how you finish. It ain't, it ain't what you got, it's what you do with what you got. Come on, that's just New Testament Bible. It's not what you got, it's what you do with what you got. Amen. What do you think the judgment seat of Christ is going to be about? Ultimately, that's it. What did you do with what you had? Amen, Brother Curtis. Teach on, Brother Curtis. <laughs> For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. Slide that pork chop on over here a little bit closer. I'm not refusing it. Listen, if you don't like to eat hog, don't eat hog. God ain't got a problem with you not eating hog. That is, let me say it again, unless you're not eating hog, you think that's getting you something from God because God gave men that hog. There was a time God told his people, don't eat that. Don't eat this. But now things are different. We're no longer living in that time period where it was only a temporary uh, 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 time period of that which pointed to he, he who would come that was so temporary, all type and shadow, that they couldn't even go to heaven. They had to go to a place that would be a type and a shadow, a, a, a sort of heaven. They couldn't even get there. So you and I are not living in that place anymore. We're living under the new covenant of better covenant, better promises, slide the pork chops and the greasy chicken up a little bit closer to me because I know the truth, I believe the truth that I'm in Christ and it's not what comes into the body that defiles it but what goes out from it. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you know that today? I hope you'd come back to the truth and believe the truth and you can get back to experiencing the good things. The Bible says that they're good things. 
every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. That means those who know and believe the truth realize that all creatures of God are good. Now, I may not eat something if it's going to be offensive to some other folk and I'll wait till I get home to slide the chicken off that bone or whatever the case may be for you. And, 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 I, and I may not eat uh, certain things because I don't like the way they smell or taste, but they're still good in God's eyes. They grew out of the ground He gave us. He, they, they, maybe it's some, some animal that, that, whatever it is, He created it and says it's good. You know, we got a problem in our nation because we don't eat this and we don't eat that. Well, the other nation, they eat this and that. If they're a Christian, God says all his creatures are good. Now, I don't want to eat no bat and I don't want to eat no dog or cat. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible here says that every creature of God is good. And that's just what God means. You need to understand that. Nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving because it is sanctified by the Word. That means consecrated by the Word of God and prayer. A lot of Christians have problem with it, don't understand what that means. How, how can it be sanctified by the Word of God in prayer? Well, we just read in verse 4 how it's sanctified by the Word of God. God says here in His Word, what we call the Bible, every creature of God is good. Don't refuse it. Just receive it with thanksgiving. And you can be free and liberated because you know and believe the truth of Jesus Christ and, and, and how you're born again and, and what it is that made you thankful, what He did at Calvary. So, and we pray Thank you, Lord, for this food that you have created for us to have to sustain these physical bodies. He gave it to us. We believe it. It's us who know the truth, who believe the truth, that can give thanks forever, creature, and not be condemned uh, by man, beguiled by men. Don't eat that. God ain't going to be pleased if you eat that. Watch this. God's still pleased with me because He's pleased with His Son in whom I dwell and in whom dwells me. God's not displeased because you eat this or don't eat that. The Bible says totally the opposite. Amen. Now, in verse 6, He says, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now, now, Paul is telling Timothy here to put the Christian brothers in remembrance of these things so that you can walk in the place of being a good minister of Jesus Christ. We have to put the people in remembrance of these things. That you know, When, when we're guarding our hearts because out of it come all the issues of our life, it's not necessarily us first and foremost denying the false things they're teaching because we won't ever be able to blame them. It's we deny ourselves, take up our cross, remember that our trust and hope is in the work of Christ at Calvary, and then follow Jesus. If that process is not working in my life, the denial of self so that self won't lust after, and even if it does, 
when I look to Calvary, I, I won't let that lust of the flesh carry me off to false teaching to try to get me something with God. Remember, that's the whole process of Satan. Satan and his seducing spirits and doctrines of devils go all the way back to when he first entered the scene in the Garden of Eden. He told a lie. He tried to make God look like a liar, but in the process, he was trying to reveal that you can have greater knowledge and see the way God sees. You can be like God if you'll do it this way. And that's what the Christian really tries to do. Well, I want more of God. I want to be more like Him. And I have a heart's desire to be more like Him. The devil sees that desire, so he runs in with another way. God wants you to experience all the covenant blessings that Jesus died and was raised on the third day to be the mediator of them to you, to load you daily with those benefits but the devil comes along and tries to show us another way instead of that more excellent way, that only way God honors and rewards, that other way. And so it's not so much as we deny them and what they're teaching. We do, but this is how it works. I deny myself from believing it. It's not I'm just denying that. I'm denying myself by looking unto Jesus, taking up my cross, which is faith in His work at Calvary, so that I can follow Him and not be seduced and carried away because of the lust of my own flesh unto the doctrines of devils departing from the faith, touting Jesus, I love Jesus the whole way. Eve the whole way. Yeah, I want to be more like God. Yeah, I want to see like God sees, but disobeying God the whole time. And the obedience God accepts, not just initially, but daily by anybody, is when their faith is in what Jesus did in His obedience unto death. Outside of that, we, we may think we're after God. We may think that we're after uh, Him and His ways, His will for our lives, but the devil can be leading the whole way by seducing spirits and teachings of devils that are not the one way God has given to humanity to be saved, to live saved, and to make it to the finish line. Praise be to God. Anybody hearing anything this morning? He says, if you put the brethren, in verse 6, in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. That's what we all want to be. Good ministers, good servants of Jesus Christ among the people. Because uh, the, the greatest way to serve God is to serve His people. That's what Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Peter began to get here, do you love me? What are you talking Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. The love we claim we have of God is manifest among, in the church, from one to another. Jesus said, if you have this love one to another the world will see that you are my disciples. And when this love is in operation, not just up here, but in the heart through faith in Calvary, the Holy Spirit works according to that measure of faith. It works by love. And then we're found loving God's people. They're, they're, man, I see people all the time on, on social media that they're preaching hard. They're pre I'm not talking about preachers, of men, pastors. I'm talking about just God's people. They're out there, boy, condemning sin and blasting sin, and their lives are full of sin. Oh, no, not whiskey, not drugs, not foul mouths. But, they, I mean, they're not, they're not paying their bills. 
They're not going to work on time. They're not doing their job while they're there. See, we've got sins measured out. Well, at least I ain't like them. And, well, you, I mean, I'm not going to get into the list of things, but you've got all these people out there who are not being faithful to God according to the Word, but yet they're still blasting of sin, man. Still blasting of sin. And I know people get mad when they hear this because nobody is perfect. But Jesus said, you better let everybody else alone till you can get that plank out of your own eye. Amen, Brother Curtis. Oh, me, help me, Lord. But that right there ain't going to get you nothing. I, there's too many Christians sitting around being convicted of sin who just say, well, help me, Lord, and then going about their own same old business. There ain't no sorrowfulness in their heart over the sin they're committing before God. Oh, help me, Lord, and then they just keep on going with that smile on their face like God's going to mystically and magically wake them up one day and overnight he's going to have operated on them and that's going to be gone. No, it ain't. Not till we're broken enough to take it to Calvary. We're brokenhearted over it. It ain't no worldly sorrow. It's a godly sorrow. God, I'm sorry I'm broken over that I keep failing in you, but I know if I'll take it to Calvary, and I also know it's not just words, it's with my heart I believe unto righteousness, hallelujah he says uh, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine good doctrine, not doctrines of devils, good teaching where unto you have attained. And that means carefully followed. Carefully followed. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Now I want to get down here. I hadn't read any of my notes. I hope some of it's come out. But while putting God's people in remembrance of good doctrine as the words of faith the good minister will constantly be refusing the things that are false and warning of false doctrines called here old wives' fables. The good minister is constantly going to be warning against the wrong direction, calling out names of false prophets, just like you read in the Bible. I don't know why Christians have a problem with that today. I mean, I do know why, because they don't think that's love. They don't understand the Bible. They don't understand the cross. They, they, they don't. When they read Jesus calling people devils, telling them their daddy was the devil, calling Peter the devil, all, uh, all these things that your little old Jesus said it, it, we, we, because we've got Jesus pictured wrong in our minds uh, when we hear somebody point to somebody who's preaching false doctrine even if we know they are we're like we should just let that alone well if somebody brings a box of candy into your house and, and you've gotten word they, they want to wipe your family out they hate you they want to kill you you've heard it and you know why they want to do it and you heard about it and they come in with a smile put that box of candy down on the table listen and you, you've already heard they're only coming for the purpose of killing you lying to you like the devil that's his only purpose and when they come in with that smile looking real good acting real happy put that candy down are you going to say oh go ahead and eat some kids they, you know they look good they they sound good no you're not going to you're going to say don't touch that we don't eat anything he offers 
You're going to do that. If you don't, you're just a pitiful person, a pitiful uh, hypocrite and a liar. But Jesus called people out, and, and John the Baptist called people out. All the prophets were killed because they called God's people out. And we don't make that 90% of our ministry. Those that do won't ever have a ministry. But they, they, we do preach, warn, and teach all throughout, the, all throughout uh, our ministry. We preach, warn, and teach. We declare the gospel. We warn against everything that's not the gospel. And I mean constantly. And then we teach from the Word of God what is the gospel. How all of God's Word applies to the gospel. Because righteousness can't come unless it's the righteousness of God being revealed in the gospel. Amen. So, the goal is godliness. Verse 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself. I like the phrase, exercise yourself. That means position yourself. I heard Brother Lauren Larson use that phrase uh, uh, a couple times and Andrew being in Bible college used it a couple times and it just began to stir in my heart that you have to position yourself. God's not going to raise you up like a puppet and just move you over here mystically and magically. Uh, so many people today have got, so many of Christians are sitting under false pre. They're, they're loving people. They're nice, hospitable people, but they're not teaching God's Word in the context of the cross of Christ. They're not preaching God's Word in the context of Christ and what He did at Calvary. And God, and, 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 we, and we're hearing it on ministries online, television, the way of the cross and that we see and or should be growing in our knowledge of how narrow the way's always been and that God has always been determined to only work in the truth and He's looking for a people who are determined to know nothing else but His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. And, and, and because we don't hear, get up and get out of that ministry, we think that, that God has not told me to leave here yet. God is showing you the reasons you should leave. He shouldn't have... Listen, he shouldn't have to tell you get up and get out. He didn't tell you probably, he more than likely didn't tell you to go there. Some fleshly reason told you to go there. It's my daddy's church. It's my great grandmother's church. Listen, we got to get away from all that sentimental value of our family lineage. We got to get back in the truth and allow the truth to be exalted in our lives above some family lineage. Glory to God. So, uh, the goal is godliness and we must through continual faith in the cross of Jesus Christ and the instructions we've been given exercise ourselves. We, back to that, positioning ourselves. Listen, if you don't position yourself for prayer, then you won't get the benefits of Positioning, positioning yourself in prayer. You, it's not mean you ain't going to heaven if you've trusted in Christ and what He did at Calvary about your sin issue. Listen, if you don't position yourself to become a student of the Word, that don't mean you you ain't saved no more. But it means you're not going to have uh, the the you're not going to have the opportunity to participate in what God's got for you. Think about the simplicity of this. People say, "Well, you ain't got to go to church." To go to heaven, okay, fact. But the truth says, don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves, as many have. If you're not going to church, 
you can't have the blessings of going to church. If you're not a prayer, a person of prayer, you can't have the benefits of being a person of prayer. Let's talk about another one. If you're not bringing all the tithes and the offerings into the church, you're not going to get the benefits of bringing all the tithes and offerings into the church. Now think about that. It's you positioning yourselves to experience through your faith in Christ and what He did as the Holy Spirit guides you into all the truth of God's Word. Hey, hey! Why does God want to guide you into the truth of His Word? Number one, so that you can be ministered to, you can know the will of God in experience for your life, he can load you daily with the benefits He died to give you. You can reflect Him as a witness unto Him and a testimony to all that know you. Come on now. But if you don't position yourself, this means exercise yourself. Look at this verse again, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables. Now this is all tied to doctrines of devils and seducing spirits sitting around talking about these old wives' fables. And this could have possibly meant old Jewish fables. I, you know, there's all kind of old uh, uh, Jewish uh, thought that's not in the Word. I heard them talking yesterday, Mike Musrall, and, and, and somebody else talking about how some of the Jewish people believe, uh, some of them believe that, that Adam had a wife before Eve. Well, that's not in the Bible, so scratch it off, burn it out in the yard, and don't even think about it again. Oh, wives, fables. Oh, what if? This way, if it ain't in the Word, I don't need a what if. A what if ain't faith. <laughs> Amen. So you've got to exercise yourself. You've got to position yourself. Look at this. Rather unto godliness. Now watch this. It's going to give you something today. Little extra Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 14. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing the book of Hebrews uh, to the people of that day. Watch what he tells them now to Christians. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. You still sitting under the teaching that the church has always been sitting under that's not now in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message, for the message to be a message of power, it must relate to the gospel, the message of the cross, Christ and Him crucified, for it to be the truth that shows God's righteousness. Biblical. Think about it now. Now that's, that's what the first principles of the oracles of God are. The Word of God as it was in type and shadow. The Word of God without the light, without Jesus Christ in His work at Calvary shining in the Word preached, the Word taught. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that turns the light on to the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can apply it to your life, write it in your heart, and guide you in it. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know that today. Many don't know it. Many don't want to know it. Many will refuse to believe it. But I'm going on with Jesus. And they're going to miss it. 
They're going to miss it. See, you don't lose your salvation because you get in the flesh, but getting in the flesh points you in a way where your faith can become shipwrecked. And listen, you can lose that faith. You departed from it. I know I speak from experience. I was departed from the faith for years, but God through hardships and turmoils and bad circumstances broke me down and, 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 and brought me back to the only place I could look at was His love for me. And I'm not talking about a feeling and an emotion and just a head knowledge. I remember standing there that day in that old warehouse saying, Lord, I'm so confused. Everything has gone uh, uh, crazy. It's all torn apart. Nothing has worked out. Nothing has worked out. And all that I do know and all that I cling to is that you love me. And that was proven at Calvary. And that's when I begin to hear the message of the cross on that radio. Oh, it was already playing, but I wasn't hearing it till I got down to the point where I said, I, I'm so confused about everything. Nothing's working. And all I know is that you love me. And then he began to open my ears in that heart of desperation to that old radio hanging on the wall. And I began to hear how he loves me. What he did to prove he loves me. What he did to impart that love to me what He did so that I could have this measure of faith that works by that love so that I could love Him and love His people and everybody that I ever meet in this life. Think about that. The answer is the cross and outside of it there is no light for God's Word. The life is only in the blood of Jesus. So he says here... Uh, you become, in verse 12 of Hebrews 5, you, but you, you are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. This is a rebuke of, of, of the children of God still sitting in the same place, not hearing the right thing. They're still listening to the Word of God outside of the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So forget these preachers that say you don't have to always point to the cross. You, you don't all, yes, you do. God says you do. What voice told them you didn't? It's the voice of a seducing spirit. I don't care how many years they've been in ministry or how many people's even been saved through their ministry because, listen, you preach the cross to a lost person, they can get saved, but unless you're preaching the cross using God's Word to point to Christ and His work at Calvary, nobody's going to have the light of God's Word applied to their heart and learn how to live in victory. You can be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but unless you know the way of the cross, that ain't going to do you no good. The word, the, we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, to be a witness unto the Lord. It's for power for ministry. But if you don't know the way the Holy Spirit ministers, you're just going to be confused until you get back to the only place that baptism there will do you good. Hallelujah. So he says here, verse 13, for everyone that uses milk, now he's relating those who are still on the milk as those who are still listening to God's Word outside the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because outside of that, it's still just the first principles of the oracles, the words of God. And, and you're still sitting there 
Like you still need that milk you're hearing. God says, no, you need, you need to be now on the meat. you far beyond uh, where we are. You've come too far to still be drinking the bottle, my friends. You should be on the meat. Strong meat, the Bible says. Watch this. Watch this now. For everyone that uses milk, you're still on the milk. It's because we're, we are unskillful in the word of righteousness. All of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. But the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. From faith to faith to faith to faith as we live, walk by faith. That comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God in the context of the gospel with the fruit of righteousness. See, the gospel reveals God's words of righteousness. And if we're not hearing the Word of God in the light... I'm not talking about an altar call if you're lost at the end of the service. I'm talking about we open our Bibles and we see the living Word Jesus and what He did at Calvary so that today this Word of God can be applied to my heart by the Holy Spirit who only works in the truth. Listen very simply here. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth because He imparts the knowledge of the truth, Jesus, and what He did at Calvary to us in the Word of God that is truth. When the Spirit of truth is able to teach us through our surrendered hearts so that we allow Him, He won't drag you into the truth, but He will offer the truth of God's Word to you. God's Word in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, when, he, when you allow Him, when you surrender to Him to guide you into the truth, then He becomes in name and experience to you the Spirit of grace where He's now working that truth into your heart because you're surrendered to it. You're following Him in this truth. You remember when Jesus turned and He told His disciples, we're going into Jerusalem. And, G and Paul, Peter said, no, we're not going to Jerusalem. They'll kill you there. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Well, Peter didn't run off with his feelings hurt. Come on, that's what the church would do today. Peter just kept following Jesus. He kept allowing Jesus to guide him further into the truth of who he really was and why he was really there. He kept going. Remember when Jesus told the, uh, asked the disciples, when all the multitude of people left, he said, are y'all leaving too? Are you going with them? And Peter said, Where in the world would we go, Lord? You have the words of life. You understand? Peter kept going today. If the crowd runs off after this, we just want to migrate like a herd of cattle with them because it's the most popular and common thing. Let me tell you something, folks. The way of the cross is the only way of righteousness initially or daily, and it's not where the multitude of the church is headed. There's a remnant who's coming out of all this garbage we've been infiltrated with by doctrines of devils being seduced for many, many years by men that look the part, act the part, but they are not the part. 
God sent them here to be to the church. We need to get a hold of that. Listen, if you're unskillful in the word of righteousness, you're still a baby. There are preachers who've been in ministry 60 years who are still babies. They've preached for 60 years nothing but the milk of the word. We have to allow God through our coming back to the cross to teach us now the word of God in the context of its meat. And that meat, Jesus said, is his flesh and blood. The meat of God's Word is what He did at Calvary. Come on now, I hope you're getting this. If you turn this off, it's because, listen, you're so seduced by doctrines of devils, your hearing is so impaired as a child of God, you can no longer be convicted. As the Bible says here, their hearts have been seared as with a hot iron. Their consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. The correction comes their way. And they still won't repent, get up, and depart, withdraw from that which is just milk, just milk. Everybody in that church is Christians and all they ever hear is milk. Listen, watch this now. For everyone that uses milk, we're in Hebrews 5 and 13, is unskillful in the word of righteousness because he is a babe. That means he's lost, but he's a baby Christian. And it's, and it's kind of like a, a, a retardation, if you will, not being ugly, but it's, there's something there hindering. There's something there limiting. And we're going to find out what it is in the next verse. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who are maturing. Though strong meat belongs to those who are moving on beyond the milk. Look, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now you really need to study this. You need to uh, come to the conclusion that those who are on the milk simply are those who are still using God's Word in the same old context. They've known it all these years. Just in the initial salvation experience, the type and shadows, it's still... pre. I know many preachers that will get up today and talk about how many miles it was from here to there on Paul's journey and what kind of boat it was and all these things. They never even get to the meat of what was that was written for us for. The gospel makes God's Word the meat it is to us. Because the gospel is what reveals, look, the Word of righteousness. If we're not hearing God's words in their righteous context, which means which they always point to Jesus, the living Word, and the work of righteousness, Isaiah 32, 17, He carried out (coughs) for us at Calvary, we're still on the milk. I don't care if we're shouting hallelujah, glory to God, thank you Jesus, praise God for all that. And you're saved. Praise God that you're saved. But are you moving beyond the milk to the meat? And the difference is those who are skillful in the word of righteousness are those who are partaking of the meat today. It's nothing more than that. 
It's described right here. They that use milk, they're still on the milk. They should be teaching now themselves, but they still just come and sit to be taught. How many Christians have been in church 60 years and they're still not sharing the gospel where they work? Their experience is just going to church, being a good church person, and sitting there and being taught. The same old thing they've heard for many, many years. Now, I won't call denominational names this morning, but there are some that could be called, and they've been there generation after generation after generation, and they're still just on the milk. Mama, grandmama, great-grandmama, they're saved, they're on their way to heaven, but they're still just on the milk. This great reformation in this world that began 23 or so years ago, bringing the light of the sacrifice of Christ into the church again, the great message of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ, has lit the word up in the hearts of those who have humbled themselves, repented of the wickedness in their lives, and come back to God through the only way they can walk with Him which is in Christ and that means faith in what it was in when they were placed in Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ. This is powerful this morning but we're talking about their senses being exercised is because of what verse 7 says in 1 Timothy 4. For us to be able to refuse the profane and old wives' fables, the old tales, the seducing of spirits, teachings of devils, we're going to have to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Think about this. Second Peter. Now, let's just read verse 8 this morning. Because godliness does not just happen. Godliness does not just happen. Righteousness and holy living does not just happen. It takes us being in the faith, not departing from the faith. Oh, I'm not talking about church, Bible study, prayer. I'm talking about the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave Himself for you. Watch this now. Godliness does not just happen. Verse 8, Paul tells Timothy in the church in Ephesus, and hopefully us who have ears to hear today, for bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Now, unfortunately, uh, we're almost out of time, less than two minutes, but I'm going to share this anyway because I'm not limited uh, by time yet. When Jesus comes, then my time will be through. But uh, watch this now. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1 and 3, According as His God's divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. That word knowledge, because everything we have of God comes through the knowledge the Spirit of God attempts to load us with daily the truth of Christ and His work at Calvary, that experiential knowledge, the word knowledge here means recognition and discernment. I recognize truth. I discern this is the truth. Remember, all things are to be are okay if we re- receive it with thanksgiving. <clears throat> and, and, and that's for us. What did we read just a few minutes ago? Watch this. God has created all things 
to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. They know the truth. They're discerning the truth. They're believing the truth because it's through this knowledge that all things have been given to us. Here Peter's writing it just in a different way that God through His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Just going to church every Sunday and hollering amen, glory to God, thank you Jesus. If that's all you got going, my friend, instead of that daily experiential knowledge of Christ moving from the milk, that which you've always had preached and taught to you, that's the Word without the context of Christ and His work at Calvary that is the meat of God's Word, the Word of righteousness, the living Word who is our righteousness and His work of righteousness at Calvary, unless that's what you're hearing, you're, you're still on the milk. doesn't matter how long you've tried to serve God and may have to some degree. But listen, there's a difference in the lives of those who are serving God on milk and what they have to offer if they're on the meat. Think about that. God bless you. We love you. I know you've been encouraged if you know the truth and you believe the truth. Join us every Friday morning here in the studio live online and uh, as we continue our study uh, on 1 Timothy. And we just pray that you would pray for us. We're praying for you. I pray that God would touch every one of you today right now where you are and the situations in your life. And I pray that God would give us greater ears to hear in the days ahead, a greater heart for Him, and a greater discernment than we've ever known in the church. Don't forget to sow to the ministry where you are learning the truth of God's Word uh, every day, every week. We need your help. And we thank God for you and the help you offer to Him through this ministry. And you can sow at thecrosswaychurch.com. And also right now, you can pull your smartphone out and text your giving to 903-231-5950. And I'll see you next time. But until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.